This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 27, 2020. Is there anyone who's not getting this out? Uh, anybody not tired about the coronavirus, about hearing about it? Everywhere. I mean, I tried to find something last night on TV that wasn't surrounding the coronavirus, and, it, you know, anywhere you look, it's there, right? I guess we're all longing for the day when it no longer dominates the news, but that's just the way it is, and it's going to stay that way for a while. And it's certainly going to affect our investment portfolios. But, you know, we'll soon reach into the first quarter of 2020. The first two months of the quarter were pretty good. The last month was very bad. And, of course, the market's been very, very volatile. And it's, you know, it certainly caused a lot of uncertainty. Now, I noticed that the market might be calming down. It seemed like it was trying to today, even though it sold off right at the end of the day. Um, but that's to be expected being a Friday. We'll have better... Um, a better idea of if the market calms down next week. And it's all going to be, you know, subject to what happens in the news and the coronavirus. I don't think the market's going to stop being volatile for a while. It wants to, you know, the market wants to know where the peak is in this coronavirus. And, it, you know, right now it's just, you know, the, the cases are just growing. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. I'm going to help you with your goal to achieve financial freedom. That's what I'm here for. The reason why you listen to the program, you become financially free. I certainly hope you'll call me this hour. This is a call-in show. Through the Invest Talk radio program and the podcast, uh, I can help you become a better investor. Justin and I are, are dedicated to do that. And we will, we will constantly push to help you become successful in your investment. Our company, KPP Financial, is different, a little bit different from other investment advisors because we don't, we, we have unbiased it's our guidance is totally our own, unbiased. We don't we don't buy guidance. We don't listen to other people. We we decide on our own, and then we share it with you. And of course, we have recommended strategies. And one of the things that I, that I really think is important is that we invest our money right alongside our clients. So we want to become conservative. We all are conservative. We want to be aggressive. We're all aggressive, depending on the program we're in, because we have from very low. Uh, very low-risk portfolios to very high-risk portfolios depends on you. Now, so, depends on what you want to do. But this is a call-in show. I'm here to ready to answer any of your questions, any of your financial questions. And our anytime listener line is open. And I'm taking your calls live right now, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let me remind you that the coronavirus is certainly causing business activity changes and consumer changes dramatically. But I still plan to travel to Houston and Chicago in April. And of course it will all depend on what the, you know, what the government does. And if there's still a travel ban, I won't be going there and we'll have to reschedule. But you know, I don't want to jump the gun. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll know by uh, a week from today, by next Friday. But I am taking appointments, so if you really want to meet with me, you got to do it. You got to make a call. You got to send me a, uh, an email, making a request. Be happy to do it. I want to meet with you, okay? 
Remember that Chicago and uh, Dallas. Dallas on the 17th, Chicago on the 20th. My main talking point today, the coronavirus slowdown is starting to rival the Fed's doomsday bank bank stress scenario. You know, all the banks are supposed to have, uh, I think, in April, yeah, April, uh, their stress test. Okay, well, they are obviously being stressed (laughs) right now. So we're going to talk about that. So, um, you know, those those, uh, stress tests were were a result of the 2008 financial crisis. So they have to go through them every so often, and the Fed sets them up, and it gives us scenarios of what's happening. And what's really interesting is the scenario of what they are giving them now is actually happening now. So it's really an interesting situation. And it really, you know, I'll get into it, but it's interesting that banks are pretty healthy considering, really, they are. Now, I've got other interesting things we'll talk about. The Fed will keep throwing money at everything and anything until they solve this problem. They will keep doing it. So we're going to talk about that. Emerging markets. No one's talking about emerging markets. I haven't heard anybody mention it. What do you think that's happening there? And the Fed is propping up the bond market. Why is that so important, the bond market? What are they doing? So got a couple of Fed things and a couple of and one emerging market things. The market was down 915 points today for the Dow, 295 on the Nasdaq, and 89 on the S&P 500. These large numbers have been getting kind of well commonplace, uh, but the market was actually much better than that up until about the last half hour, and everybody decided that well, we don't want to hold on to things uh, over the weekend. So let's go ahead and get out. Now that's after a week of a pretty strong bounce, up about 20 percent. I mean, in normal in normal times, that would be considered uh, a bull market. But we're not in normal times. That is only a bounce from a very severe bear market that happened really fast. So uh, we all have to see. We got we got to give it some time. Okay. Now, as you probably noticed, Justin and I have uh, tried to get in as many callers as we can. We really do want to get all the callers in, and it's pretty difficult some, sometimes. So let's go ahead and take. One of the callers that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Justin. Hello, Steve. I'm calling you from Europe. My name is Salvatore. I was wondering what you think about the stock Slack. That's W-O-R-K. Do you think it's a good time to invest in this company? I think it's going to be doing pretty well pretty soon. Thanks for your comments, and I'll be listening on the next podcast. Okay, this is uh, Slack Technologies, everybody. S L S. W-O-R-K, Slack is spelled S-L-A-C-K. Now, it operates as a business technology software platform in the United States and internationally. So it doesn't tell me much about what it does. Um, I don't care for it. It's a $16 billion company. It's big. And they're growing real fast in sales. Okay? Um, but, you know, those sales are going to fall off now. We know that. They're losing money. They have never made money. That's why I don't like them. They haven't made money. I don't like buying stocks that don't make money. You know, it's just something I, you know, I have a philosophical problem with. Buying companies that don't make money, to me, it's just not worth, you know, the risk. And look, look, at, look at what risk you're, you're facing now with the world economy going into a, a recession. You know, uh, also, this is a fairly new company. It only came out, what, in uh, 2019. Uh, it's interesting that it fell all last year, 
when it first came out. It came out, the first trade was like, oh, like $38, $39, fell all the way down to 20 moved back up to 28 just before this crash, crashed down to 16 now it's back up to 28 right where it started. From a turning point of view, it's now hit resistance. I, I, I would not buy it. It's just not something I would be interested in. Appreciate the call. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me take a moment to update our listeners about our current technical uh, audio issues. In simple terms, our high-fidelity Internet studio connection is not working properly. The good news, we have received new audio equipment. It took forever to get it because this coronavirus. And so we're pushing our technical team to get it done. Hopefully, you'll have this done by Monday's show. That's what we're hoping. In the meantime, Justin and I continue to call into the radio station on our smartphones. That's how I'm at talking to you. I realize it doesn't sound as good, but please bear with us. With that said, I'm here on duty and ready to take your investment financial questions. I can do it right now, 888-99-CHART. With the recent events surrounding the coronavirus, now more than ever people are staying at home and getting away from their exercise routine. Gyms are closing, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on personal health and wellness, which is an industry on the rise. Recently, I have discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research. The product has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctor's offices, pharmacies, retail chains, gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub, made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white paper to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day for a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of InvestStock can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so confident you'll be pleased with their products, they actually offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, you know, um, as you know, we're all going to have to change our routines. You know, one of the big routines we've changed, me and my wife, we used to go to the 24-hour 20 fitness every day. So we've had to change. So Suzanne, my wife, uh, has been running and walk running and you know we're shoot our muscles are aching aching and I just want to point out we had a new sponsor on our podcast and I wanted you to take note of it Quanta it's for muscle it's a muscle rub using uh, uh, using different oils and it's really good CBD oil, CBD oil is one of them so if you have a chance please pick it up you'll do me that will help me greatly help me and the radio show pay for things that's all it does. Quanta, Q-U-A-N-T-A. Appreciate it. 
Two-year Treasury note. It's Friday. You know, I talk about the, the key index, key, key benchmarks. So the two-year Treasury is at 0.265. So you buy a two-year Treasury, you get a quarter percent per year. Ten-year <laughs> Treasury is 0.74. So there's no inversion. So that tells you that, oh, we're not going to be in a recession. Yeah. Let me tell you, we're in a recession. Definitely in a recession. Just because those... Yields are proper. doesn't mean you don't go in recession. It just is a hint that you might go in recession if they get inverted. Well, they're not, but we're still going in recession. We're already in a recession, in my opinion. Gold price, $1,624 an ounce. Oil's at $21.32 a barrel. And trending downward. That is so cheap. So gasoline nationwide, $2.05. This keeps up with the oil price as it comes down further. So... Let's go to Art, Mendel Park. How are you doing, Art? Hi, Steve. I wanted to find out about uh, gold. Um, gold? Well, I like gold. I'm not a big gold bug, but in times of uncertainty, it certainly is a good place to be. Now, you'll notice that the price fell for a lot of the miners because investors are dumping everything they could dump, gold, bonds, stocks. They were just dumping, dumping, dumping at the time, and gold got hit too. And I thought, I'm thinking, we bought more, you know, and different count, different accounts of ours. We bought more gold when it was getting hit. I think this doesn't make sense. So you're talking about uh, KL Kirkland Lake Gold Limited. It's a $6.7 billion punk company, Canadian firm engaged in the provision of mining and mineral exploration in Canada and Australia. They're going to make $2.76. And, of course, if gold prices go up, this is going to go up. Current P.E. ratio is around 12. Gold is going to rise. I just It's hard for me to believe that it won't. Dollar went up, but now the Fed is pushing, pushing that dollar back down. So I think it's a good core, a good holding for defensive purposes in your portfolio, gold. Let's go to Corey in Ohio. How are you doing, Corey? Hey, great, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hey, I, I had a question on AbbVie. Um, I own some shares at a higher price, and it's it's currently sitting at $72 a share, and I just can't understand why it's being beaten down so much. I, I really like the healthcare sector. I like it the earnings per share expected to grow, sales expected to grow, and cash flow expected to grow. Uh, is there any reason not to buy it? No. We bought it a couple of days ago. <laughs> you know, we bought it. Uh, AbbVie, everybody, ABBV, develops pharmaceutical products to treat immunology, viroid, biology, oncology, and other diseases. It's going to make $9.51 this year. That's up 6%. It's a $107 billion company. This is exactly the kind of stocks if you're going to buy a core holding this company, this is when you do it. It was at $97, and 50, almost $97 before the fall. It got all the way down to 65 and today it's at 72.67. So I bought it. This is the kind of stock should do well, you know, in this kind of environment we're in. So it got be. Remember, I said earlier, everybody sold everything, uh, uh, Corey. So they sold this off. Everybody, all the investors, they sold gold, they sold bonds, they sold. Any stocks they could sell, unreasonable. I would be a buyer of this stock. I am a buyer of this stock. 
On the next investor, the Fed's balance sheet just passed five trillion for the first time. In practical practical terms, so what does that mean? That's going to be the story on Monday. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm going to take your questions at eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk. It's Friday, and we've certainly seen a lot of coronavirus volatility this week. And this means you'll have questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now, and the phone lines are open. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Okay, so ever since the financial crisis of 2008, the uh, Federal Reserve has done annual stress tests for the largest banks. And this year's stress test was kind of interesting. There were 16, they set up, they had set up 16 dire domestic indicators. So the, the Fed dreamt these things up, right? To test the banks. So what were some of the things that they are testing that are supposed to be for April? Well, the first one was, uh, 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 a sharp slide in the stock market, a record low treasury yield. Slumping economic growth, okay? Slumping economic growth. So there are 16 of these things, and we've already hit five of them. So the banks are not only, they don't necessarily need to do the stress test because they're living it. So anyway, so the bank, by the way, the Federal Reserve said they're still going to do it. So they're still going to make them do the stress test regardless. But... But it looks like they're under a stress test in real life. So, so, so what's interesting, though, is that the banks are much healthier than they were back before the financial crisis, much healthier. So that's going to help um, because they're much healthier because of, because of the Federal Reserve's testing these things and requiring them to have you know, more, more, more financial, more equity on their books, a stronger economy, that kind of thing. So, you know, just interesting. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I mean, I think that they were supposed to, like, test a 25% fall in the stock market. Well, that happened more than that. 11 uh, you know, even if you count the 11% it went up this week or so, that's still 25% fall. It met uh, many of these stress test benchmarks, and... The banks are doing okay, even though we did get hit some pretty tough liquidity uh, liquidity crunches in the last couple of weeks. But the Fed is, you know, said they're going to unlimited backstop, unlimited. That's pretty amazing. Okay, let's get to another caller. The questions you can call anytime you want, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Yeah, my name is uh, Toby. I'm calling from Idaho, and my question was twofold. Uh, one is in regards to my little brother. He had a 401k at his previous company and I was telling him that he should roll it over into an IRA or should he leave his 401k and open an IRA separately. And also for my own IRA, I was wondering if now would be a good time to pile up on some of the cheaper mutual funds that I have and some of the ETFs that are comprised of my mutual fund. I uh, love your show. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, yes. Uh, if you're younger, I like Roth, uh, Roth IRAs. Uh, when I say younger, maybe under 40. 
Uh, as you get older, they look less attractive to me. Uh, I still like them, but, you know, regular IRA versus a Roth. And I think we've gone over enough times. A Roth IRA, any money you put in a Roth IRA, you, it's after taxes. You pay taxes on that. But as a Roth IRA grows, you never have to take it out. You never have to pay taxes on it ever again. All the growth. If you're in a regular IRA or 401k for that matter, uh, you get to you get to deduct whatever you put that whatever you put in them this year from your taxes, whatever the amount you did. So you you get it's a tax tax deductible for you this year. But all the growth when you start taking out, it's going to be have to count as income, whatever you take out. And you have to start taking out at age 70 and a half, even though they might have changed that recently. Uh, and therefore, it comes adjusted gross income, and you got to pay income tax. But, of course, maybe you're at a very low income tax bracket. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses. Um, if you're investing in the market uh, and it's a 401k, just keep doing it on a dollar-cost averaging basis. I don't know where the market's going to go. No one knows how far it's going to go down or if it's already hit bottom. or Chances are very, very high it'll retest those bottoms. So I don't think we're done. I really don't. Okay? So thanks for the question. Appreciate it. Now, over three days this week, Tuesday through Thursday, the market has been up about 20%. That is the most explosive rally since 1933. You don't go up 20% in, in, a, in a few days. Remember, in 1987, the market went down 20% one day. So going up 20% in, from Tuesday to Thursday, that's amazing. So Tuesday, when the market shot up into bull territory, which it did, probably the world's shortest bull market probably in history. So, but it did, you know, that not after today, of course. We saw the market fall pretty heavy. Dow down 915, the NASDAQ down 295, and the SP down 89. So that kind of ended quickly, right? So that's what we're doing. Uh, that's what the market is just super volatile. And I, as I said before, I just think you're going to have to get used to it for a little while until the coronavirus peaks and we start to go, you know, the, the growth rate peaks. Until that peaks, I think we're just, we're going to continue having this kind of volatility. Just get used to it. Now, we have a trivia question about the rescue package. You know, it's huge, right? Two, trillion, two and a half trillion, whatever the number was, right? Now, as we go to break, what is our national debt today? Because this package is going to throw us deep into debt. So what is our national debt before the new rescue package? What was it? You know, the national debt. How about what was it in 1990? I'll have the answer after the break. But now we are taking your market and financial questions live 888-99-CHARGE. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk. The focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin. Uh, long-time listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar-cost average that? 24-7. 
How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 20 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestTalk.com It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The InvestTalk phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I I asked a trivia question. What is the national debt today? Before the new rescue package, what is the debt? Not after, but before. And for comparison, what has been our national debt in, let's say, 1990? Okay, so I found a chart, okay? And I going all the way back to 1990, I have the numbers. It, today, as of 2018, it was $65,600 per household. Per household. $65,600 per household. Can you believe that? But. Our national debt is like $23 trillion, $23 trillion. Do you, Now, you, you know what a billion dollars is. So a $1,000 billion is $1 trillion. $1,000 billion is a trillion. So $23 trillion is $23,000 billion. It's hard to fathom how big that number is. Anyways, in 1990, our national debt was $3.22 trillion. 1995, $4.97. 2000, year 2000, $5.67 trillion. 2010, it was $13.5 trillion. So that's where the financial crisis is between 2000 and 2010. Financial crisis, 2008. So huge increase in national debt, more than doubled. And now, 2018, it's at $21.51 trillion. Trillion, 21. So from 13 and a half in 2010, eight years later, we're at 21.5 trillion. So do you know how big our economy is? How what size our economy is? It's about 20 trillion dollars. Well, it was before <laughs> before we shut it down. So you know. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we have a really really big economy, but we also have a really really big national debt. Are we ever going to be able to pay that off? We could, but I don't know when. Now, as regular listeners know, Justin and I make it a practice to get in as many caller questions as we can. So let's go to our voice bank. And this was, this question came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line number. That number is always open, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Christy in Salt Lake. I've got an interesting position in Boeing that I've had for a while. Obviously, it's taken a big hit. And you've been warning against it for a while. I've just been hanging on since before the downturn. My question is this, with the possible bailout, what do you see as far as even the government making them wipe out all their common stockholders? Do you see that as a potential to just totally wipe us all out? And if so, or maybe if not so, do you suggest just getting rid of it and dumping it? I think all I have left as far as 
value is maybe three grand when I initially paid about seventy five hundred for it. So not a big position, but curious on your thoughts about just being all of us common stockholders wiped out altogether. Thank you so much, and thanks for keeping everybody cool during this period. Thanks. I do not think uh, they're going to wipe out Boeing. I don't think so. Boeing is one of the only one of two major airlines in the world, and I think both of them are going to survive. The government's probably going to have to help. The government could end up diluting their shares. In other words, the government could end up owning part of Boeing, you know, and therefore you get diluted. I think that's a possibility. But I don't think the government would ever let Boeing go out of business. Just wouldn't. So it's going to survive. Now, the question is, is it worth the money, $162 a share? It got down to $100 a share. If I was you, I would sell it. I don't like the sector. But it is going to survive. It is. I just don't know how far down it will go. Uh, remember, they already had that Max 8 problem. I never really liked Boeing because of that anyways. So, But I'd probably sell it. It bounced from 100 bucks up to 162 today. We got to 181 yesterday. So uh, I take my profits. You might get another little bit more rise on it, but you know what? I, pro- I No, you're not profits. You wouldn't have profits. You'd have losses. But I'd go ahead and exit that. Now, and that symbol is BA, everybody. I think everybody knew Boeing was BA. Okay. The Fed will keep throwing money at this problem. It's going to keep doing it, keep doing it. The Fed said it's going to throw uh, as much money as they need to. And in other words, unlimited quantitative easing. And it's taking a little bit different turn now. They're going to load up on corporate debt, investment-grade corporate debt. So that means that the bonds, you know, will recover in value to some degree. We don't know how much, but we saw it starting to happen today and a little bit of yesterday. So the bonds are starting to improve because the Federal Reserve is going to be the buyer of last resort. So if anybody wants to sell, they'll be there to buy. And therefore, you have one extra buyer in there, and a huge buyer like that calms everybody else down. Okay? I don't know if you heard, but Canada cut its rate to 0.25, just like we did in California. I mean, the U.S. did, what, a week or so, two ago? So they're going to have, just so you know, that unlimited buying of, by the Federal Reserve, mortgage and corporate debt. They didn't buy corporate debt before. This is first. In 2008, the financial crisis, they bought mortgages, but they didn't buy corporate debt. They bought U.S. Treasuries, but they didn't buy corporate debt. This time, they're buying corporate debt. How how large will they let their uh, balance sheet get? Remember, it got up to four trillion, four something trillion, and then they started letting it run off. Well, I think they'll let it get higher than that this time. That's why I'm time around. I really do. So, we'll see. The KPP Premium Newsletter was attributed to subscribers this morning, and of course, I put a lot of information in there about what's going on because it's important. The economic numbers out this week, I said, are relatively meaningless due to the economic meltdown. The U.S. economy is suffering right now. So why look at economic numbers that is telling you what happened last month? That's a waste of time. Waste of time. The only number that gave, gave us a hint of how bad things are currently this week was unemployment claims, right? 3.28 million unemployment claims. And that was a record, a record for the U.S. government. And you're still going to have big numbers coming up this new week, too. So it's just going to happen. I suggested I focused, uh, you know, good core holdings. And I focused on big blue chip kind of companies 
large pharmaceuticals, stable brand products, food, you know, those kinds of things are what's going to be working. And I had a couple stock ideas in there that fit that, that, uh, that scenario. So that was a stock ideas. And for uh, the market comment, I mean, market uh, uh, consumer watch area section, I said, if you're going to, if you're going to go on a vacation, man, this is the time to, to book your flights. Okay. I said that uh, um, I have a niece uh, who has two children flying out from Dallas to Los Angeles late next month. And she booked it because it was so cheap, $104 round trip for all three, $104 round trip, all three. Now, she may not use it, you know, that, that's possible, but think of how low the prices, the airlines, and then the hotels and everything else. And did you know that, did you hear that Warren Buffett bought more Delta this week? Delta Airlines, he already had a pretty big position in it. And also, did you hear that Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway lost a ton of money? <laughs> but, you know, he buys what everybody else is selling. That's his style, and it's worked. Interesting. So there's a lot of valuable information at KP Premium Newsletter each week. And it's easy to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll see the full report every Friday directly in your inbox, your email inbox. Now, if this information raised any questions in your mind, I really do encourage you to reach out to Justin and myself at KPP Financial. You can call our Irvine office. You can call a radio station here. You can send us an email. We'll answer your questions. We do. We answer them. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. In times of market volatility, your awareness of the need to properly balance your portfolio's asset allocations is undoubtedly increasing. If you live in Houston or Chicago, you will soon have an opportunity to meet in person with Steve Peasley. That's right. Steve is offering his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio reviews in Houston, Texas on April 17th and in Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Availability is limited, so don't delay. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The Anytime Listener Lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Tim from Madison, Wisconsin. been listening to you guys for a couple of years now. I appreciate what you guys do and all the knowledge that you spread. I had a couple of questions. Number one was, is there a better time to purchase any given day? So like pre-market, the start of the market towards the end of the day. Just wondering if there's any advantages of purchasing throughout different times of the day. My second question would be, I'm looking at stock AFLAC, AFL. I'm looking to purchase it right now for the long run. Hopefully, maybe part of my uh, core holdings. So I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Thanks. Okay, answer the first question. There really isn't. We usually don't buy the first hour and uh, buy or sell, and we don't buy or sell the last hour unless we're already into a trade and we need to exit it or in, uh, the last few shares during the last hour. And one time, you know, usually Fridays, late Fridays, a lot of in, in, in certain, uncertain times, even saw it today, saw it last Friday. People sell off at the end of the last hour because they don't want to be holding on to stocks over the weekend when there's uncertain times. But there's no real 
No, there, there's no real time, better or worse, during the week. AFLAC, symbol AFL, offers cancer, accident, health, disability, and life insurance in Japan and the U.S. It's a very solid company. It's a $26 billion company. Uh, they said they're going to make $4.43 next year. They don't have much debt, which is good. Remember, that's one of the things I've been pounding the table on is don't buy companies a lot of debt. I will say this. I'm not keen on financial companies at this point, but certain specific insurance companies, um, I, I, we bought one, okay? Um, I, can, I can't tell you what it was, but we bought one. It was in the auto uh, auto insurance business because I felt that the, you know they had really solid numbers and people are still going to have their, need their auto insurance and there's going to be less claims because they're not driving. No one's out there driving. So I thought that might be a good good place to be. So we'll see if that works out for me. Um, Athletic is a pretty strong company, 3.2% dividend, and there's a, a debt is um, 20, uh, very low debt. But, so it's a good company with an 8 PE. I kind of like it. You don't have to be in a rush because it was fell down to $24, and then now is at 35 So I think it might retest those lows. So maybe buy a half position and buy another half position later. That might be the smarter thing to do. Okay? AFLAC, AFL. Emerging markets, have you watched, looked at the emerging market indexes? Down 26%. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking people are, are thinking, well, maybe I should buy, pick up the emerging markets. And I'm going to tell you, no. Do not buy emerging markets. Get out, stay out of emerging markets for the time being. Because I don't think the worst is it. They have poor healthcare systems in a lot of the emerging markets. So when the coronavirus hits, they're going to get hit pretty darn hard. They have weak financials in a lot of these emerging market economies. So between those two, um, I don't think it's a place to be. If you're going to be somewhere, you need to be here in the United States, big, blue-chip, defensive-type stocks. That's what I'm thinking. And, you know, and you've got to be pretty particular what sector you're going to be in. Now, of course, you have a good balanced portfolio. You still balance it. For instance, we bought something earlier, late last week, early this week, and it was up 25%. So we, we, we rebalanced that. It was up 25%, so we cut it back. You know, so, so that's, you're just going to have to be very diligent. You know, I'm telling my clients that, we, you know, we're going to be really, really careful. Um, you know, in this time, we've got to protect the portfolios. And you can, we can buy, you can buy stuff. I'm not saying you can't, but you've got to be really particular. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, always the same, that to help you achieve financial freedom. We all talk about that. We all want it. And our work will continue after the break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Next Invest Talk, the Fed's balance sheet has surpassed $5 trillion for the first time. In practical terms, what does this mean? That story, Monday. But now Steve Beasley is here. He's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Daniel from Hawaii. I had a question for you guys about a stock. It's a holding company. 
GBCI, Glacier Bank Corp. I noticed that it's finding some support here around the $30 range. And I also looked, and it looks like it's held its dividend for over 100 straight quarters, even through the recession, which I think is very interesting for a holding company. And it looks very solid. Looks like they've had a lot of growth. Looks like they just bought another bank here recently. Just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on getting in maybe a half position right now. And uh, look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Okay, uh, Glacier Bank Corp, a GBCI holding company for Glacier Bank, operating via 181 offices in 66 counties in Montana, Colorado, Idaho, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. It's a bank, financial institution. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not positive about banks. In the normal times, this would look like a really good possibility. Okay, in normal times, but we're not in normal times. We're in kind of a financial crunch here with. Uh, Economy going to be falling, free falling right now. So uh, I don't know if you want to be in banks in that kind of situation. The earnings they have going forward and their growth are going forward. I mean, before, if you look at them right now, you say, "Hey, that looks pretty good." But those earnings are not going to be true. The growth is not going to be true. So yes, on a chart, it did. You're right. You're absolutely right. I found a lot of support between twenty-seven and thirty dollars. Today's at thirty-three. Okay, it was 45 before this started to happen. So from 45 down to 27, I don't think it's cheap enough to pick up yet. I, I would not. I, I don't think it's cheap enough, okay? So I'm going to say no on GBCI, Glacier Bank Corp. Let's go to Brandon in Mill Valley. How you doing, Brandon? Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Thank you. Well, uh... I own NRZ, and it's been tanking. I just wondered what you felt about uh, the dividend safety and the comeback ability. Okay. Uh, this is New Residential Investments, NRZ, $2.8 billion company. It's a REIT, investing in really, uh, residential real estate, mortgage-related investments. And I'm going to tell you, no, this is not something you want to be in. Not now. I think the dividend is going to get cut because their earnings are going to get cut. It's a REIT. they got to pay 90% of their income in the form of a dividend. They do. But uh, the only good thing I like about it is that they don't have a lot of debt. You know, the, and not having a lot of debt means that they don't have to refinance it. They don't have to. But that's because they're, they're, in, they're, they're a REIT in residential real estate mortgage-related investments. So, uh, I think their earnings are going to crash, so the dividend is going to crash, and that's why I went from you know seventeen dollars all the way down to five four dollars and fifty cents. Now it's at six eighty eight. I'd sell it on this bounce. That's what I would do. It's too. It's too. Uh, it's, it's not going to work, Brandon. Going forward. Okay, let's talk to Avon in Massachusetts. Avon, how's it going back there in Massachusetts? Hey, it's going well. Steve, we're all just on lockdown, hanging tight. So was us. So are we. I think everybody's like that. Yeah. I had a I had a question about waste management. I'd like to add a little bit of it for a long-term hold blue chip company. And I didn't know, you know, they're always making money and they're going to continue to make money. But I didn't know if this was a good time to hop in at its current price or should I wait a little bit? Well, waste it actually is a type of industry that will not get hurt too much because they're going to pick up trash no matter what, right? 
provides waste collection, disposable, recycling services in the U.S. and Canada. Yes, their earnings will probably go down, but they're not going to crash. Okay. So uh, it's a $95 stock. They're going to make $4.83. Well, let's say they don't make $4. Let's say they make 3 That means the P.E. is 30 I think you, I think you can get it cheaper. So I think you need to wait. It fell to intraday lows. It's got as close to about $85.50, $86. It's at 95 now, so it had a pretty decent bounce up. But it was 125 before this all happened. So I'd be, I just wait. I think you'll get better opportunity. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. I will return Tuesday. Justin will be here on Monday. In the meantime, feel, I want you to feel free to search, browse, download, and rate. Invest our podcast. I appreciate that. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, investtalk.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.